Hello and welcome to the show. I am Heather Hermes, the creator of the Inspired Girls Club and your hostess. So me and my girls will be bringing you some really honest inspiration that hopefully will get you living the life that you really want. So you ready y'all? Let's go. Yeah. So, okay. Let's just get right into it. I, um, I'm just going to tell the girls how you, my boyfriend actually is a comedian. His name is Mike Stanley. And he was like, you have to follow this girl. I met her in Chicago. Um, and she's the most amazing burlesque dancer. That was an understatement. Like it's not just you're a dancer, you're a performer, you are in business. Like as a businesswoman, you are incredible as far as okay. me following you and seeing you do your thing and how eloquently you do that. And you are a businesswoman. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> exciting for me to follow you. And then I saw your girls perform at the comedy store, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Comedy yeah. bar, yeah. Yeah. And that was that was a lot of fun. So um, I started following you on social media and you're just one of the most empowering, inspiring women on Instagram for me anyway. So we definitely need to follow Michelle there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Heather. Welcome. So tell me about um, being a burlesque dancer, how you got started. Was it something you've always wanted to do? Um, no, it wasn't something I always wanted to do because I actually didn't know that it existed. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, when I was younger, I was always really interested in what made something beautiful or what made something sexy. Um, I would spend a ton of time in the mirror posing, trying to, you know, figure things out. I would get up really close to the mirror and look at myself and, just be like, what is it? Do I have it? Can I be it? You know? Um, and I, I I would always practice taking off my clothes in interesting ways. Um, (laughs) and I don't, again, I don't know why. Um, but those were the things that interested me. And, uh, when I had the opportunity to do burlesque, which was after college, um, I got my degree in finance actually, but I, after college, it was like, Oh, do you want to do this burlesque show? And I said, yes, even though I had no idea what burlesque was at all. Mm. This was back in 2002 in 2002. Um, and yeah, I performed my first strip tease in 2003 and there was no going back from that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and can see how it would be addictive. Um, it's one of the most beautiful forms of dance I've seen, especially with you and the way your girls perform. It's fun, too. It's a lot of fun. Um, and it's hard to see without... I mean, you obviously, it's it's a skill, and it's to be taken seriously, but it's so much fun that you can't, you can't look away. Like, you, I just engaged from the first moment all the way to the end and I absolutely love watching you guys yeah I mean it's like a it's a self-contained theater piece you know a lot of us are our own choreographers our own directors our own producers um so we're really just like the self-contained nugget of entertainment um a lot of the girls do their own costuming I personally hate costuming I I prefer to not be in costume, but mm-hmm. I, I understand. <laughs> like costuming is really important in a striptease. Obviously, you cannot yeah. really choreograph unless you know what you're going to be wearing or not wearing. Um, so I like to farm that out. I like to give that to people who really enjoy costuming, um, yeah. because for me, it makes me angry because I'm not I'm not <laughs> I don't like it I don't want to sit and sew um I didn't get into this to to be a costumer I got into it to perform and entertain and so that's where right. I like to keep my strengths and I give the things I'm not strong in to other people <laughs> so aren't you known as the most naked woman 
where does I that am. title come? Is that from not <laughs> costuming? Like I'll just, you know, make yeah, deal I, with um, the most minimal costume design ever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, my one of my first taglines was the ass that goes pow, um, <laughs> which is really silly. And then I I started gravitating towards this uh, the most naked woman. And really, yes, I, I in burlesque, there's a lot of the vintage retro kind of look and feel with the high waisted um, panties and, you know, bullet bras and like really these the performers weren't really showing as much. And then I would come out and have little G strings. And at the time, that wasn't happening as much as it is now. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, eventually it was like, well, I'm going to make a pusty and the, the pusty is the pasty for your pussy is what I like to call it. Um, so, Which makes complete sense. Right. So I, I started wearing those and now a lot, like many people are wearing them. Um, so I, I'm going to take unofficial credit for the pusty. <laughs> <laughs> so you, okay, explain this to me because I've never worn a pusty before. Yeah. Um, sounds interesting and I love clothes and I think I would be into costuming big time if I were a dancer. Um, yeah. Major, like I think that would be my thing. But tell me, like putting it on and taking it off, does it hurt? Like where, oh, I mean, yes. how does that work? <laughs> Give me more details. Tell yeah. me all the things. <laughs> yeah. So the first time I wore one, um, I used spirit gum, which is like this really uh, sticky kind of liquid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Can you hear me writing? I'm writing all this down. Can you hear my <laughs> pen? <laughs> well, I'm not going to recommend using spirit gum because it's awful. Um, awful, awful thing. But I, the first time I wore it, you know, I have, I have a bit in the front and a bit in the back. So it connects in the middle. So I stick those two pieces together. And, you know, my first prototype, which I did make, uh, was not good. Um, It was like (laughs) appliques with some boning in between them. I mean, you know, we all have to come from somewhere. Right. Um, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Look at that Spanx lady. She's a millionaire now. The pussy yeah. could be like the next big thing. We could all be walking around in pussies in 2021. We don't know. Yes. Just like as long as you don't have to go to the bathroom ever, it's fine. Oh, good. Uh, okay. Well, we'll yeah. try to innovate that too. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I graduated and, and made a, a different prototype and started using uh, tape. It's, it's wig tape. So it's really tape that's made for drag queens so that their wigs don't come off. So you know that it's good um, industrial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's good tape. Um, right. So I, I tape it in the front, I tape it in the back. If I have a back, sometimes I don't. I've, I've actually gotten to make smaller pussies now where they don't go all the way up the back, um, which is like a whole new level of scandal, which I love. <laughs> But yeah, like as far as, uh, you know, trimming and hair and all of that, um, you know, before the pandemic, I, I kept it real. I, I, I had what I called a teardrop. I just had like a little teardrop shape um, and, you know, so that it could, everything could get packed in the pussy. Got to like really pack it in. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So we need to hashtag that. Yeah, but I'm now, it down. <laughs> but I used to wear them multiple times a week and um, it does, it did, didn't get easier to take off. Yeah, <laughs> just I say can that. only imagine. <laughs> there's, there's a few photos of me backstage where I'm making this crazy face as I'm taking off a pristine. <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, it's, it, we suffer for our art, Heather. Right. Really- I understand completely. Yeah. I am with you right there with you. Yeah. I did see a video on your new Instagram. Um, what, what's the new Instagram called again? Look down there. Is oh it yeah. It's, it's called, I look down there. I look mm-hmm. down there. Um, okay. So I watched a little video about waxing and getting rid of um, hair down there and we you were talking to an artist a waxing artist or she did sugaring too um yes and I am one who gets or used to get waxed all the time and you were talking about um making sure that 
you had the hair long enough so that you could get waxed and that you'd never had it long enough for you to get waxed. And that's a hard thing to do, even when you don't perform. Okay. So you don't, I, I don't like the feeling of all that down there. So I have always waxed um, or mm. shaved and I could never grow it out long enough to be able to wax it. Anyway, um, neither here nor there. My point was during quarantine, you were growing out your bush, you said. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to grow it out as long as I can. So when I get waxed, it's going to be the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I'm going to feel like <laughs> a, a diamond, like a new woman. And yeah. I let that thing grow and it was something. And I, and it, for a minute, I was like, so retro. Like, I'm going to put on bell bottoms. I'm going to go outside. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, hell no. Give me a razor. Give me something. I can't even see anything. Like, <laughs> so, uh, that yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> you know, there was one point in this pandemic where I was twirling my pussy hair like an old villain. <laughs> like twirls his mustache. <laughs> I would just like sit there and like twirl it. I was like, this is crazy. Right. Um, just have fun with it. Why not? Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun for me because it's not something that I've had for many years, you know, over, uh, over 18 years or so. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting and fun. And I, I like, I like how it feels. It feels like really, I don't know. It's just, like, it's, it's a new sensation that I right. really enjoy. Well, for a minute it feels soft and then it just like, I mean, I don't, this is TMI for my podcast, like for me, for you, fine. For me, like I don't wear underwear at all ever. I hate them. I cannot stand them unless I'm walking around in them and it's a, it's like a, a thing, right? Like um, it's sexy, but functionally I'm like, what's the point? I just have more laundry to do. So, <laughs> no, I definitely, I have to wear underwear, honestly. Like I've got too much going on down there. Things get caught up. <laughs> I can't do it. It's too much. <laughs> I need like well, how, a- do you, how do you fit into that pussy then? That seems like I mean I think I would enjoy a pussy on a daily basis because I don't like all the bunching and all the things. It's a costume yeah. thing, Michelle. It's a costume thing. Yeah, yeah. Things you know, things are malleable and uh, <laughs> like some you know in the pussy sometimes things go off the rails um, and yeah. things slip out a little bit or just pop right <laughs> off and. You know, that's fun too. <laughs> yeah, it's all fun. But, you know, I mean, yeah. I think my whole point to that was, you know, wearing anything with the hair all everywhere. I was like, okay, this to me, aesthetically looking in the mirror at myself, um, it was kind of like, all right, it's time to go. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's all personal preference, I guess. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, Any all, let's talk about, um, I mean, we talked for a second about, me talking to my girls about things they've overcome and, you know, not to be cliche about it, but, you know, we all get our inspiration from real stories, you know, and real people doing real things. And um, when I actually looked into what you do and the business that you've created and the name you've created for yourself, and as you said earlier, like this is all very self-contained, you know, you're, you're doing all of the choreography and you're making your name out, you're putting your, your name out there, you know, you're talking to bookers and agents and all of these people. And that's, that's a huge deal. It's not easy. Um, but also like being a real human being and like overcoming things that um, other women might be going through too. And I don't know this part of you or the side of you, but you must have something in your mind that you might want to share with the audience um, just so we can get to know you a little bit better and maybe um, they can be inspired oh, by something yeah. you've gone through. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I begin? When I was okay, two, I yeah. pick. Um, yeah. Well, uh, maybe if we have time for two, then maybe I'll give you two. We have time. Um, okay, great. I'm ready. Um, I mean, I guess the, the thing that I'm most public about, right, or have been most public about as of, you know, the past three years or so has just been my battle with alopecia, uh, mm-hmm. which is an autoimmune disease that causes your hair to fall out. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had this since I was six years old. And to me, it was always my dirty little secret. It was something that carried so much shame and so much 
uh, weight and embarrassment for me. Um, and you know, when you're six, you have no idea. I was running around, like no clue. I, I wasn't bothered. Um, my mom got me a wig at that age. And the only thing that I remember from that time is when I was in school, I think I was in first grade and it was one of the first days of school. We were playing duck, duck, goose, and I was running and my wig fell off while I was running. So mm. you imagine the, the kids and the laughing and pointing and just like my sheer horror. Mm -hmm. um, so I came home that day with my, with my wig askew and a tear stained face. And I told my mom who had spent all this money on this wig. And I said, I'm never wearing this again. And you know, that was it. That was like, this is me. This is how I'm going to be. I'm not going to hide. Um, I value honesty and truth above all else. And I'm always on the search for that in myself and in other people. And that was one of those really defining and formative moments in my life. And uh, first grade, that is yeah. incredible, honestly, yeah. because people search their whole life for that kind of epiphany. And in first grade, I mean, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, as things change, as you grow older, you, you become more self-aware. Um, so I had another battle with it, um, a high school time, um, which is a really important time where you're, where you're very self-aware and coming into your own sexually and having all these feelings. And this is part of the reason why I was so obsessed with what made something beautiful or sexy, because I didn't see, I didn't see that in myself. I didn't look like other girls. Right. The normal. Yeah. I had like little strings of hair, um, little patches of hair, you know, missing eyebrows, missing eyelashes. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't understand that I could just use some mascara or some eyeliner and fill in my eyebrows, you know, yeah. I didn't know that, but I did make the choice, you know, to just live as I was and just be out there. Um, maybe things could have been easier, better for me if I had just worn a wig that whole time, but I chose to not, um, mm -hmm. And, you know, overall, I was a, a pretty well-adjusted kid, um, had friends, and that's where I developed my wonderful personality. And <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, yeah. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was, a, it was a really difficult time for me. And, um, you know, as I got older in college, my hair grew back and it was fun. I had a fun, flirty, swishy little bob that was really fun to dance in. Um, and yeah, I kind of got detached from that first grader. I kind of got detached from that girl who, um, was in junior high and high school and struggling. And yeah. I, I really became what I always wanted, which was normal. Yeah. What I became was a girl who could just wake up in the morning and not have to spend hours in the mirror trying to hide herself. I mm -hmm. wake up and I could run my hands through my hair and that was so fun. And I could dance on stage and flip my hair around and do all the hairography I wanted. Um, I even taught a class called hairography. <laughs> like, wow. Um, like I was just loving this feeling but I got lost somewhere in there yeah and yeah. really you know trying to navigate the world of burlesque and what I wanted it to be what I thought it could be um just for the art form in general and for myself and things I wanted to accomplish and just kind of buying into your own hype um mm -hmm. and and thinking that I had to be a certain way for people to like me or appreciate me. And the last thing I wanted to do was go back to that scared little girl. But that scared little girl was always there, always mm -hmm. there, afraid that she was going to be found out 
that exposed. Yeah, someone would call me out. Um, and, you know, uh, it started happening again, like around 35 or so, my hair started falling out again a lot. And this time I was at the height of my career. I was producing multiple shows in Chicago. I was traveling all over the world performing. Um, I was teaching. I, I was doing everything. Like everything that I thought that I had wanted, I had. Um, and then all of this started happening. So when you're a woman who's losing your hair, that is very emotional. And yes, people will tell you it's just hair. It doesn't matter. Like it's not... It's not the end of the world, whatever. All the things people say to try to make you feel better actually don't make you feel better. Um, and so I, just to interrupt you for a second while I'm listening to you, um, yeah. I actually have autoimmune as well. Um, and I lose, I, I don't have alopecia. I, I, my hair just progressively gets thinner. I have lupus. Mm. Um, and I relate to what you're saying so much. Um, and I've, wear extensions and it's my whoopee and I like the feeling like you were talking about um whipping it around and feeling like it, it's so feminine and girly and I just feel like a different human when it's touching my back do you know what I mean yeah, um, you, yeah. so I I I love um how you explained it like when you get up and you look in the mirror and you're you're thinking to yourself that you don't have to hide um that person um, that you just wake up and you are, you know, what you are, but then having it come back, I mean, that must've been like, okay, so how are we going to navigate through this part of it? And I can't wait to hear this part of the story, but I wanted to tell you that I also have these types of feelings and, and that not quite as, um, extreme as you have, but, um, I think that a lot of women go through this in silence like yes they do not yes. talk about it mm -hmm. at all yep. um and when people find out that I have that with me and I always have this long flowing hair they're like well why didn't you say something <laughs> I'm like well maybe I should you know and with yeah. you being brave enough to say something it's it's really inspiring so anyway go ahead Sorry yeah about that. no I I thank you for sharing that I mean it that's kind of one of those things you know that invisible illness that people don't know that you have and that's the thing about autoimmunity is that a lot of it doesn't express itself physically and mm -hmm. and we have to just be really conscious of of what other people might be going through and for me obviously it expressed itself physically um I you know I was in a full-on panic I mean I unraveled completely just completely unraveled I was I was a total mess everything that I did and believed was called into question immediately. Um, mm -hmm. Everything that I believed for everybody else and everything that I taught other women to believe for themselves, I suddenly found out that I didn't believe that for myself. That yes. everything that I taught everybody else and believed so strongly for everyone else, I had to learn for myself. I had to learn all of those lessons that I had been teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and all the while, I'm still performing. I'm still, you know, making sexy videos. I'm still doing photo shoots. And internally, I am a mess. A mess. I am breaking apart. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, the, and, and the hair just falls out more and more and more and more. And I'm going into the doctor every month getting steroid shots in my head uh, for two years. I did that. And mm -hmm. it, she just was chasing spots all around my head. And I tried all the shampoos. I did all the stuff. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I took the topical steroids. I did all of that. And right. My turning point was when I was talking to the doctor, I said, there has to be something that I can do. You know, I just didn't want something to happen to me. Like I wanted to have some sort of role in how my life was going. Mm -hmm. and she just shrugged her shoulders and said, well, it's difficult. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks I for clarifying. Aware yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> and so like, that's when I started seeking out different approaches um, to healing and started pursuing yoga and started pursuing acupuncture. Um, I changed my diet completely to an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, and really it was all in the name of, of chasing hair. Um, mm-hmm. and, but what I found in the process is that, oh, eating this way actually makes me feel better. Um, mm-hmm. physical being like, Oh, all that um, anger that I was feeling before, I, I actually don't feel anymore because I'm not inflamed with gluten and dairy and sugar and <laughs> like all right. these things that were my staples. I mean, I... And it makes your abs look incredible, girl. Look at your body. <laughs> I mean, yeah. side effects, maybe. Abs are incredible. So <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, that was definitely, that was definitely a side effect, but I was on a steady diet of mac and cheese and bourbon. I mean, that was like, I am Chicago. <laughs> I am a Chicago girl. Like I love my cheese Pizza, and my stuff. All of it. Oh God, oh, I know. I'm God. from Detroit. I totally relate. I went on yeah. a medical medium diet. Did, have you oh, ever nice. looked into, it's all vegan, plant-based. Um, you got to look them up after the call sometime. It, it, his name's Anthony and it's called medical medium. He's actually a medium Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And he has been called to tell people about this anti-inflammatory. There's only one disease in all of the world and it can be cured by um, what you put in your body given to you from the earth. So I, um, I did that and I went back to the doctor and they told me I didn't have lupus anymore. Oh my God, that's amazing. I know it's good. You'll, you'll find it interesting, um, if anything. And I know that you have your own, um, process and things have gone a certain way for you and you, you've done, you know, things well, but, um, it was, it, I tell people about it just because it helped me. And I've since gone back and forth to drinking champagne and eating pizza, but, um, yes, yeah. I, I go back and forth, you know what I mean? So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, instead of bourbon, I drink tequila now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's paleo. So, um, <laughs> and sometimes I'll have a gluten-free crust pizza. Whoa. Mm. Um, so, um, but yeah, so I, I just started pursuing my health in a different way um, than traditional medicine and ended up feeling a lot better. better. Did mm-hmm. that, did that make my hair grow back? Uh, maybe yes and no, I'm not sure. Um, but really, honestly, I think that the biggest turnaround for me was just acceptance of myself and, and finally releasing the burden of shame that I carried with me. And I did that by working with my hairstylist who had been seeing me through all of this and all of the different phases and crying with me and all of that. And I finally I walked into her salon and I said, okay, like we have to do it. We have to, we have to cut it really short. We have to shave it. Cause just the, the, the everyday trauma of seeing hair everywhere in mm-hmm. the house, except on my head was just, right. too, it's too much. And part of, part of the irony of it all is that um, autoimmune gets really triggered by stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the stress of seeing this all the time, yeah, and it, like you're, it was you're just a cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just like, let's just cut it down, you know? And I did. And I look like a little leopard, you know, I had so many little spot, little and big spots all over my head, but Mm -hmm. she cut that, she cut off the, that like, ah, that burden. And she turned me around in the chair and like, we both cried and hugged and it was this beautiful moment. And I, I usually wore turbans and all of that and just to hide everything. And I was like, you know what, is it weird if I don't want to wear a turban right now? I just want to go out as I am. And she's like, no, like go for it. So it was a cold wintry day in November in Chicago. And I walked out of the salon, like 
full on bald baldness happening and just like feeling the and wind felt the air on yeah. your bald head yes and I was yeah. like elated I was so happy and that was really the first step in in releasing it and I still didn't let people know publicly um, my cast didn't know I would always change and put a wig on somewhere else I never ever let them see me um, so that was really stressful, you know, uh, how to get ready in front of people in the dressing room, which is always a really vulnerable situation because everyone's mm-hmm. bent over putting on their pussies. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you see a lot of things back there, but, um, <laughs> I, I knew that I wanted to come out publicly because I wanted other people to know that they could release this shame and they could release this burden and whether it's alopecia or whatever we all have our own stuff just like you said like people could look at you and not have any idea that you are struggling or have struggled Um, and I just think we're so quick to judge people and that we don't really operate with compassion for other people or for ourselves and that's where we really need that we need that self-love and compassion ourselves in order to extend it to other people. And I think part of the reason why women in particular are so judgmental and so jealous is because we're not dealing with our own shame. We're not dealing with our own burdens. We're just projecting it onto each other and spreading it around, you know, and it, it just happens it's like this so easily. Though. Yeah. Like I, I look in the mirror. Okay. So I was blonde for years. I look in the mirror. Now I'm a brunette and um, I'm a little thicker because of quarantine and, you know, cheese. We like cheese. I'm from Detroit. I understand all of the cheeses, Mm -hmm. all of the pizza, whatever. I mean, it's not terrible. I, I still feel okay. And, you know, I'm getting back to the gym and, but I look in the mirror and I'm like, um, I want to be blonde again. I want you know, my legs to appear longer again. I want this to happen. I want, and I'm not like fully in my own body yeah. almost ever. And when I'm aware that I'm not in my own body and I'm looking outside of myself for something to be different, that's when I'm like, okay, you have to accept right here, right now where you're at and find that beauty. And there's so many things you could be. That's the thing too. Like you could be the most gorgeous, tiny little thing and you wish to be taller. You wish to be um, more wide eyed. You wish, wish to be, you know, you have bigger lips or smaller lips or a bigger booty or, you know, all of these things that we could aspire to be. And we're never just aspiring to, you know, hone in on a skill or, I mean, we are, but we focus so much more on our appearance that that's, I think, where a lot of the jealousy comes from. A lot of the, you know, I don't have girlfriends idea. Um, it's because we can't look at ourselves and say, this is, this is beautiful. And I'm not what she is, but that's also beautiful. Um, right. And we'll, we'll pin that against each other. And it just, I mean, I don't know how to solve it. But I'm sure going to try because <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's just it, it's not healthy for anybody to to feel that way and girls to feel that way about each other. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm yes to all of that. And I definitely have my own experience with that um, being in the in a world that's so based on beauty and glamour. Um, mm-hmm. So once I came out about alopecia, I, I made a video uh, and I put it out and I, I let everybody know that I worked with and for what was going on. I was actually really concerned that I was going to lose all of my jobs because I mm-hmm. thought, I know this isn't sexy. I know this is not what they want. I know these venues want um, a look. They're, they're selling an image. Like it's part of like burlesque is empowering. Yes, but it is also part of entertainment. And, right. um, you know, and uh, it also falls under a lot of the, the um, values that entertainment holds uh, for women. Right. And there's constant <laughs> improvement to your right. look and, and your skill. Like, right. it's not just we're accepting and it's beautiful and wonderful. And this comes within any industry. It's like 
here you are, but you're always going to be held to a standard and need to improve and looks, skills, all of it. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I came out in January of 2018 and I performed for the first time uh, as myself in February that next, that next month. And I, I went big, baby. I performed in LA <laughs> at this show called Lucha Vavum, which is uh, Mexican wrestling and burlesque. And it's just as crazy and wild as it sounds. And <laughs> it's, I've been performing with them for a very long time and they were so supportive. Um, it's in LA, you know, LA is like the mecca of of appearance right like everybody has Mm -hmm. to look and present a certain way like talk about pressure but the producers were so supportive and you know this audience there's 2,000 people there and they're wild and this is where I chose to make my debut so I I uh, went big (laughs) yeah I mean I wish there is there a recording because there is yeah awesome can you give me the link to that so I can give it to the, the people listening? I will. I will do that. Okay. Um, I think they'd be very, very interested to see you go big. I think that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. The act is so sexy, too. It's called Leatherette, and it's just this big, um, this leather corset costume from my neck to my knees. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, like, super tight and fetishy and, like, hard, and it's good. <laughs> I love it. I can't um, wait to see it. Yeah. So, so then I just had to navigate a new world. And again, that question came up for me what is sexy? What is beautiful? Because now I'm in this new body, in this new look, and mm-hmm. I'm living as myself, and, and people are responding to it. And I did move to LA um, in February of 2018, and people. Heather, it was crazy. It was like people were literally yelling out of their cars how much they liked my hair. And I would just laugh. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like if they only knew yeah. what it took for you to get there at that moment. Yes, it was like I couldn't go anywhere without being stopped. And this is a place where people see everything and style is just of the utmost importance. And I was just like, this is so weird. Um but even with- when everybody starts to look like everybody else, though, yeah. it becomes very, very boring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And everybody's looking for something different. And, you know, I don't know if you know that I'm sure you do, but you look incredible hair, no hair. And the way you move is something like I, I it's awe striking. It's really a great thing. And all that practice in your younger years in front of the mirror taking off sweat socks has really paid <laughs> off so I love it yeah you um, know what use yeah, everything it's boring when you see the same thing I can see why people would chase you down for a haircut you know yeah it's just, it was just is so funny to me but then trying to navigate the world of glamour and burlesque um in this new appearance was tricky for me at the at the start of it um, because I didn't understand how you could be glamorous with an edge and I like, of course you can, but for, for me, I was trying to like navigate this new way of life and this new being Um, Mm -hmm. and also like going up against what other people thought of me or what I, you know, from, from fans over the years and um, coming out with this new look and, you know, yeah, people just look at me and they're like, oh, that looks really cool. Like they don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know the struggles that I've dealt with um, in that. But yeah. Right. I really honestly just thought that that was your look. And I, until I dove into more of who you are and it wasn't just the gorgeous, glossy, beautiful burlesque dancer, it was you, Michelle. And I was like, who is this woman? I want to know more about her. I want to see, you know, actually what she does, what she does for other women, what she does for herself, how, you know, just how your whole life unfolded. And I did see something about, I just thought your look was cool and different and still very, very sexy. Yeah. Honestly. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm into it now. I mean, I'm at the point where my hair is actually doing really good and I'm 
sporting this super long mohawk situation because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have not had a professional haircut uh, this entire time. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it's it's interesting. Like I could just grow it all out right now. Like my hair is actually in a really good spot where I could probably grow out the sides and I'd probably have a full head of hair if not for like mm-hmm. a little bit of spots that would be easily covered. But at mm-hmm. this point, I just feel like no, like this is where I want to live. Right. This is where I want to live right now. And this is, this is the story that I want to tell because I think it's important. And like what you were saying, we focus so much on the external and what we, mm-hmm. what we don't have and what we wish we had and, and constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And there, there's a quote by Teddy Roosevelt who says, um, comparison is the thief of joy. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's so true. That is, it is so true. And, you know, when we start comparing ourselves to others, whether it's by our looks or clothes or the amount of money we have, um, we, we can't be happy. You know, right. we have, we have. And although I love all of those things, I really do. Yeah. I love money. Right. I do. Right. And I never want anybody to financially struggle in my life. Like, I want to teach women how to have money, how to deal with it, how to make it, all of the things. Mm. Um, I want to dress well. I love clothes. I love costumes. Um, I want to look a certain way for me. But also, I think I'm 45 now. And when I meet somebody and I look at them and I think, you know, this person is gorgeous or they're cool or, you know, it brings me back to a time in high school where I was like awestruck by a woman who had style or whatever. I close my eyes and I imagine that I can't see this person. Do I feel that same energy? Do I have that same feeling about them when I cannot see them? Mm -hmm. And if I do, then I know that it's the right thing. And, you know, you can do that with anything, with um, the feeling of a person, the feeling of a business opportunity, the feeling of um, a sexual encounter, anything. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, and it, I don't think... I don't think that's something I could have done when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Um, There's something to be said about age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Women who age. And now we're like, I don't care, girl. Like, yeah. I'll walk around naked in front of it. I don't care who sees me. I have absolutely no shame. Um, whatever it is, here it is. And um, my younger friends are always like, well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, put a little time. I'm like, girl, just please. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I have two babies and, you know, I've been in so many different situations where women are, um, you know, kind of ashamed of what they have and what they don't have. And, you know, if it makes people stronger for me to be out there with, you know, my own thing. And as you have given us this beautiful story of, you know, how you've evolved with that, I think, you know, that's one of the most important things we can share in our lives. So, um, I know you had one other thing to share and I so appreciate the story about, L- I mean, you have to give me some links. There's a lot of things you mentioned in there. I wrote it all down. I want them to have all the information and especially, um, the leather at dance and, yes. um, all of the things. Cause that, you know, it's, I, I am really looking forward to that, but I really want to hear your other, um, story if you have time for it do you have enough time to yeah tell us? yeah for sure um so my other one my most my most recent uh unveiling slash admission um is just there's the shame that I've carried around what my vulva looks like and mm-hmm. um I <laughs> I never, ever, ever thought that I would be talking about this, um, but I, I had this experience over the summer where, well, let, let me back up. I teach a class called, <laughs> I teach a class called Pussy Confidence, and mm-hmm. um, it's an eight-week online class, and it's all about embracing your full self and living from your pussy and living from desire. And it, just like you said, if you close your eyes, do you, do you feel this kind of way, like getting in touch with that inner voice and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, listening to your pussy, right. Um, Cause she's not going to steer you wrong. <laughs> so, um, so I've been teaching this class for the past few months and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I noticed that there was something wrong and I went to the doctor and they were like, 
I don't know what that is. Go to this person. And they're like, I don't know what that is. Go to this person. Um, and the, the treatment that I was getting was so terrible. Like they didn't take me in as a full human being. They didn't say, um, how are you doing? Do you have pain? Do you, does this hurt? Like, it was just, it like, was just like, what's your vagina? Right. Like, like, how do we get rid of that? Hi, welcome. Spread them <laughs> here. Like, right. and I was like, you know what? It's really good that Sounds I'm like some sexual interactions I've had in the past. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but there was no like treatment of uh, the, no acknowledgement of humanity. Right. It was just like, boom, speculum go. And I was like, what, you know what? It's really good that I actually have a lot of comfort and confidence in my body that I can handle this. But I started thinking about all the women who don't and all the shame and trauma and embarrassment that we carry about our own bodies and Mm -hmm. thinking like, man, you know, if I didn't look at myself, I wouldn't know that this was going on. Not okay. Um, And how many women could maybe avoid uh, medical or uh, like bad health experiences if they looked at themselves and caught something sooner, you know? And so I started thinking about that and then I had to go get a biopsy done. And this woman, she comes into the, the office and she says, well, I see you need a biopsy on your bottom. And she says it so loud and the door is still open and I'm just staring at her and I'm like, what? (laughs) Uh, And then like this male student, uh, like resident doctor comes in and she's like, oh, this is so-and-so. So So we have to biopsy your bottom? And I was like, uh, it's called a labia. And also I don't want him here. (laughs) Like, you know, like you didn't ask me, there was no consent. Like, what is this? Um, so then again, that got me all fired up and I got in my car and I screamed and yelled and cried. Cause I was like, this is total bullshit and women should not be treated this way. And it's a good thing that I have agency because how many women in that situation would allow something to happen that they didn't want to happen because they felt, they felt inferior in this power dynamic because they're the doctors. So they just have to fucking deal with it, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have to fucking deal with it. Um, right. So I got mad. And what I like to do with my anger is be productive with it. So after, Same. like, after I like raged in the car for a while um, and calmed down, I was able to drive home. And on that drive home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a whole campaign, a whole initiative called look down there. And we're going to get, we're going to spread the word. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about all the things that we don't talk about. And we're going to decrease the shame surrounding our bodies and increase self-love and self-discovery and maybe even have some medical prevention in there. Like, and Mm -hmm. so that's how Look Down There was born, and I just launched it a few weeks ago, and I'm really pumped about it. It is very exciting. Yeah. I was um, checking out. That's how I got into the um, uh, quarantine bush story mm-hmm. because I watched that video. But it's true. Like I, I mean, I am one who every inch of my body, I need to know what's happening. I've always have been like that, and I'm kind of like you, where I look in the mirror and do everything I could think of to do that might look good or bad or I study myself yeah right? but most women do not do that right they get up and they put on clothes immediately they do not want to see they do not want to look I've talked to so many women like this yeah. that they're just like what do you mean I, I put on my clothes I don't like half the time they're not even looking at their faces too closely yeah. because they they have so much shame and they don't want to see they don't want to um, deal with that yeah. or mm-hmm. you know it's it's very discouraging. Yeah. Um, One of the exercises that we do in Prissy Confidence is mirror gazing and, and looking at yourself and looking into your eyes and like really just meeting yourself in the mirror. And it's a very emotional and beautiful experience. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's so many of us that don't even – 
don't even look at our reflections because we're so embarrassed, um, much less look at our vulvas, you know, if we, right. but, exactly. but a lot of us also on the, on the other side of it, like know where every eyebrow hair is placed, um, right. <laughs> but we don't know what's going on between our legs. Um, right. So. <laughs> I can, I, I know some girls like that too, Yeah, but you know, everybody it's, I have so many moments like this too, where I literally have to physically shake my head um, to talk myself out of thinking in this pattern. But um, I, I do have moments where it's kind of like, oh my God, I'm so ugly. I'm so, 20 million people can tell me, you're so beautiful. You're so gorgeous. I wish I looked more like you. I, if I was 45 and I look like you, this, that, and all these compliments that come from everywhere, right? And I still will and can look at any moment, pass a mirror and be like, you're gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You aren't good enough. You are nasty. You're fat. You're all of these things. Um, So it's not like we're exempt because we talk about these things. Um, But I love that you are creating that relationship with yourself because until you have that with yourself and you're able to talk yourself out of that mood and open yourself up, um, you're never going to overcome that feeling. And we're always going to teach other people that it's okay to pin us against each other and men as well. Like they're always going to pin us against each other if we don't fall in love with ourselves. Um, right. Men, doctors, who else? Yeah. Everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, on, on that note, it's uh, like, I have had so many people, of course, in my career saying you're beautiful, you're a god- goddess, there's whatever. Yes. And I would just be like, whatever, you know, like right. you're crazy. Like you don't know what you're talking about because I knew the truth. I knew myself mm-hmm. and, and you know, every, I could post a picture and, I could get tons of great comments and I could get one terrible comment. And that is the comment mm-hmm. that I would fixate on. Um, yeah, I, I do not do that anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. And really the thing that's turned around is, is my love for myself and how I feel mm-hmm. about myself. And that now when my husband tells me that he thinks I'm beautiful, I believe him. Mm-hmm. And that is such a mm-hmm. great feeling because in the past mm-hmm. I could be like, oh, you're supposed to say that, or you're totally placating, yep. you're totally placating me and not, none of this is real, you know, and that, that whole thing has completely turned around for me that I can actually feel and internalize a, a compliment and, and right. not brush it off. Or not think that the person who's telling me this is trying to get something out of me. <laughs> well, you know, we can say all of these things. You're, you're nailing it, to be honest. But also, like, we can say all these things and say, you know, self-love and all the hashtags, all of yeah. the, you know, mm-hmm. but you're teaching it. And that's, it makes me so proud to have people that I can you know, have on this podcast or have as friends or have in my circle that are actually doing something and using their anger, as you said, um, to be productive, to be, um, you know, to teach and, um, to use their overcoming as a way to actually evolve. And I, I love, love, love that. So thank thank you you so much for what you do. And thank you so much for like talking about it and, and making yourself available to us. Um, and, and spreading that word. I, I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, just on that note quickly about hashtags, it's like none of what I do is empty. Like it's, it's all from experience, lived experience. And I'm so honest and vulnerable with my students because I want them to know that they're not alone. alone. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I feel like self-love is, is a, it's a hard fought thing. It's something that has to be intentional and practiced on a daily basis. So here's something that just came up in my head and this is kind of off, but um, 
you know, a lot of people are like, I'm a queen and I'm, you know, I'm going to tell them and I'm going to stand alone if I have to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that culture sometimes isn't really teaching us real self-love because when you're teaching real self-love, when you're talking about real self-love, it's very inclusive. Mm -hmm. Like you're learning about yourself so that you can be one with others. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it, I think queen mentality is too much. I think you can definitely kind of come off or uh, using self-love as some sort of armor or as a, as a protection of vulnerability, um, being vulnerable with yourself or with others. And, you know, I, I just taught a class on Sunday about apologizing and, and not apologizing for your presence, not apologizing for taking up space. But I wanted to be very clear that it wasn't like, apology is bad across the board. If you do something right. bad, apologize for that. Don't right. like, it's not like a big fuck you right, in the world. Exactly. It's like like the last thing we need to do is walk around with these chips on our shoulders. Like I always right. said, like, that's the first thing you have to take off in a strip tease is that chip on your shoulder, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of performers that come out and they're real aggressive and in your face about their empowerment. And, mm-hmm. um, while that is an expression, it's not a totally developed or mature uh, expression of that. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I can walk up to a girl and there are so many beautiful women and I'm surrounded by them because of what I do. Um, and because I allow myself to be surrounded by them and I'm not intimidated. Um, but the reason why I'm not is because when I walk up to them and I can feel that kind of like, oh, here's another beautiful woman is this going to be a competition? I kind of just, I drop all of that. I literally have to, again, close my eyes, Mm -hmm. shake my head a little bit and just think like, what is this human being like? I'm not looking at her as, you know, some beautiful woman with a chip on her shoulder Mm -hmm. because that might be the air that she's putting off at the moment. But how is this human being really wanting to be seen right now? Um, And will they allow me to like get in to know that actual person right and that's one of the reasons why I have so many beautiful friends because Mm -hmm. you know I have a lot of really pretty gorgeous empowered girlfriends and um yeah it's hard to you know not compare yourself and not be inclusive um but you know if if you're teaching what you're teaching and it's an openness then I think that we can all evolve into you know, loving not only ourselves, not only having hashtag self-love, but love for everybody else as well. Right. And we can all be beautiful. Yes. And, you know, move in certain ways and do certain things and learn the skills and everything we want to be. We can be if we let all of that other stuff go. So Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I went out on a tangent there and didn't make sense for a minute, but in my own head, it was <laughs> perfection. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to take pussy confidence now. I think that's something that I should do with a couple of my girlfriends and just get into your um, your program. And you know what I want to do is I want to make sure that the girls know exactly where to find you. And guys, I do have some guys who listen. Um, I want them to know exactly where to find you and what is kind of the universal um, social media. If they followed you on one place in social media, obviously I'll have links to everything, but one place, where would that be um, to get most of the things that you do? So most of that is going to be at Michelle Amore on Instagram. But if you want to follow um, at I look down there, that's mm-hmm. also on Instagram. And then if you're interested in pussy confidence, it's michellelamore.com slash PC. And I, I did notice yeah. that at Mich- Michelle Lamar, uh-huh. you have a link tree with all of those things. As yes, well. I so. do. Okay. Correct. Yeah. But you know what? Social media is really tricky. <laughs> they like to shadow ban and, and uh, bury me. So it's really hard to get some things across sometimes. Well, when you're the most naked woman. <laughs> And they're not controlling that. It's kind of, that's kind of, you know, their thing. Yes. So they like to control naked women. Yes. So, But I'm using um, this productive anger, Heather. 
I'm using it. Yes, I know. <laughs> Changing the I'm world. One pussy at a time. Exactly. I love yes. it. It's fabulous. And I'm I'm hoping that we can innovate this pussy and get it out on the market as soon as possible because 2021 <laughs> is coming. 2021 is the year of the pussy. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, so you're not done yet. You got to go leave us a review if you loved our show and go to inspiredgirlsclub.com and sign up for updates on what's next. If you want to be part of the free community, though, go to Facebook and go to Inspired Girls Club Networking Group and you're in.